One other thing I think is super important is if you look at the two pools of people you're going to be catering to, whether it's your retention pool, so existing customers or new customers, I think you really have to have a really strong spectrum of how to attract them because the existing customers, like, yes, you can keep throwing discounts and stuff, but they are looking for a little bit more, right? And so that's where, like, the rewards, the gifting, even them being able to earn little, you know, gimmicky, you can call it gimmicky, or or it could be, you know, uh, gifts that are like a shaker cup or a frother like we do. Those value adds that they can't get any other time of the year is really important. I think when it comes to new customers, though, this is where, like, you really have to sell them on again, possibly wanting this product, and then, hey, this is the best time of the year. And I think those two messages almost have to go in parallel. But it's interesting because you have to market to both these groups differently, too, Mm -hmm. which I think is sometimes challenging because we don't always think about that but this year i think we have to be intentional about it welcome back to a bonus episode of chew on this where we cover what's going on in the world of black friday cyber monday if you aren't preparing for bfcm as of today you're probably a little bit behind and you're not gonna make it (laughs) (laughs) so let's get right into it We have a really jam-packed episode where we're going to be covering what we're doing, what we're hearing, what we're seeing. And so stay tuned till the end. But to start things off, let's kick it it off with what we're seeing and hearing. Yeah. So Tabcart put together a consumer's trend report. So a couple of things that I read, um, and I kind of want to get your guys' take on this, um, because some are very interesting and some are, I don't know if they're scary per se but we'll start with this one right so how likely are customers going to shop this year right um obviously the majority are are definitely still you know getting ready geared up saving this and that but 67 percent of consumers said they're highly likely to shop black friday this year which is down five percent which was 72 percent last year wow okay now obviously still the majority but what do you think this drop is contributed to? Sales being saturated. You kind of see the same thing every year. And there's a lot of brands running sales all year. And their Black Friday promotion isn't necessarily their best promotion, which is probably the wrong way to do it. <laughs> yeah, 100%. I think the saturation of sales is, is, is spot on. Um, also, the other side of this, which is like brands and, and founders have been struggling and the one thing that the lever they've been pulling on is, well, let me give more value to customers. Let me give more value to customers to either hold on to them or acquire them. And so, again, all plays into that saturation point of, is there really that much value we have left to give during BFCM? Yeah, I think, you know, you had, even just through the summer, right, you had you had Mother's Day, then you had Father's Day sales, then you had Prime Day sales, yeah. then Labor Day sales, mm-hmm. and now in... Almost all the random holidays. <laughs> yeah, like I, if if I if I need a shop from somebody, mm-hmm. there is a point in time where I could just grab and grab a sale, yep. right? So now, does that mean Black Friday sales have to be that much better to compete with what people have been doing throughout the year, or do you kind of just like, all right, well, this is a sale I usually run, and, and that's it, right? And I think we'll talk a little bit about what we're we're doing at um, Avia and the, and the rest of the brands, but. Um, we typically like to do Black Friday and start it up on like November 1st. Mm-hmm. But I think we might change that up this year. 
and and we'll get into that. Yep. Um, but there was another one that 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 was very interesting to me, just as a as a marketer, and 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 what the strategy goes into um, for running ads during Black Friday, and um, the finding was seventy percent of consumers find Black Friday Cyber Monday ads appealing. Mm. Um, so the last couple of years, uh, a lot of marketers, including myself, have always said. You know, you don't need to run so many Black Friday banner ads, right? It's just continue running your evergreen stuff that's been working, right? Your your typical uh, static ads or your CGC or UGC, um, and then sprinkle in Black Friday banners, um, you know, for retargeting. But knowing this this year, I might lean in more to the Black Friday messaging and see if we can still obviously maintain first order profitability or, or break even, but not not lean too much into evergreen, but like, hey, like, hey, this is Avi. We're offering a sale. Come try us out this year, yeah. right? And the only way I'll let that continue to run for the people that are like, oh, you're going to acquire discount buyers. The only reason I'll ever let that run is because they're profitable on the first order, mm. right? Um, I think the conversation last year was a lot different where it was like, all right, let's acquire, acquire, acquire and make it up on LTV, right? They end up coming back six months later and, and we're profitable then. But now we've obviously shifted the mindset of, break even or first order profitable. And if I can maintain that during a Black Friday sale, why not? Mm -hmm. Right? What do you guys think about that? Um, acquiring discount customers, but you're profitable on the first order. I think, again, you know, run your evergreen stuff, but you have to be intentional. This is a sale. So if you're having a sale and this is your best offer of the year, which, you know, I think it should be, um, be intentional about it. Uh, don't try to be too clever where the consumer doesn't realize it's a sale. Maybe, you know, you're going to get discount buyers, but dude, this is the weekend you have to make money and, you know, pull out those ugly yellow banners <laughs> and the big discount stickers. And I'm a brand guy to the core, but brand people move the fuck aside this weekend and let the performance guys handle it because this is the weekend, you know, there's brands that make the majority of the revenue on this weekend. So it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, things are going to get a little bit off brand. Things are going to get, you know, the messaging might not be right, but this is the weekend you sacrifice that you make your money and you get right back to your brand, you know, post post Black Friday. Yeah. I think the, uh, the other thing too, is like the, the consumers, um, I think we have to do a better job this year of putting ourselves in their shoes, which is like, Again, they've been kind of cradled all year with different offers and value props and, and from all different brands. And um, I think they've probably spent a decent amount of their budget. Um, and so you probably won't likely see majority of people increasing their budgets this year for BFCM, which I think was another mm -hmm. uh, point that uh, Tapcard had made too from their trend report. But I think what we have to do is not only just talk about the discount piece and where they're going to save money but then also hit on value and like why they need to buy from us and and why this is the best time to buy so i think it's it's like that perfect pair of like you know getting people to say hey you always knew we're the best product but now here's why it's the best time to buy and i think that's where you become that and super intentional for them to be like wait this is literally the best time to buy so if you were even thinking about one percent chance of buying this Here's why you should do it now. So I want to I want to talk about budgets, right? Um, and kind of the expected budgets consumers will have during during the sale. Um, and you tell me if you would craft your your Black Friday offer 
in, 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 in accordance to this, right? So um, 71% of people who said they have a budget for Black Friday, um, their budget is between $100 and $500, while 15% are planning to spend more than $700. Um, low end, high end, how do you structure your offer knowing this? Yeah, that's that's like, it's tricky because it's like, a hundred to five hundred is still a great AOV, but you you're you're knocking off at least thirty percent from your gross margin, right? Because probably at least your minimum discount or twenty five percent. So you're you're playing in this like funky zone where you're you probably hit your AOV targets. Um, I I feel like the offer still needs to be where you're getting people to that at least that median point of two hundred to fifty. I think it's hard to survive off of the $100 AOV mark, knowing that there is, you know, likeliness of people wanting to spend that much. Um, I think it's a, it's, it's at least from our end, I think we'd probably create something where there's enough value to get people over the edge and into that median zone of 250, but not easily. Like you, you're going to have to spend more to get there and we'll incentivize them for the right reasons. Yeah, I think I think one of the the biggest things is also like you said, putting yourself in the consumer's standpoint uh, or mindset is if you have a budget ranging from 100 to 500, how many brands can you actually shop with with that budget, right? So you honestly have to either cuz it's also heavily gifting time too, right? So you're either shopping for the holiday season coming up or shopping for yourself, right? So how do you get in the forefront and make sure that you're on that list of the three or four brands that they're planning to buy from. So knowing that consumers have this like, I don't want to say limited budget, but limited budget per brand, right? If if they if they have like a list of three or four brands they're going to shop from Black Friday, how do we make sure that we're on that list? Yeah, um, the value of the offer is key. Um, you know, it it's got to be it, like I've been saying the whole time. This is uh this is the time to kind of pull out all your guns. Make sure that. You are presenting the best offer you can because it's competitive. The saturation is crazy. Um, it's funny. Older shoppers will do more gifting than younger shoppers on Black Friday. I think it, the, this, it was 61% older shoppers, and then 31% of younger shoppers will just buy for themselves. And uh, yeah, it's an insane stat. So really, you got to look at those things, and you got to you know create your offer to to appeal to that audience. Except. Also, one of the things I think is super important is it's, if you look at the two pools of people you're going to be catering to, whether it's your retention pool, so existing customers or new customers, I think you you really have to have a really strong spectrum of how to attract them because the existing customers, like, yes, you can keep throwing discounts and stuff, but they are looking for a little bit more, mm-hmm. right? And so that's where, like, the rewards, the gifting um, even them being able to earn little, you know, uh, uh, um, gimmicky, you can call it gimmicky or, or it could be, you know, uh, gifts that are like a shaker cup or a frother like we do. Um, those value adds that they can't get any other time of the year is really important. Um, I think when it comes to new customers though, this is where like you really have to sell them on again, possibly wanting this product and then, Hey, this is the best time of the year. And I think those two messages almost have to go in parallel. Um, but it's interesting because you have to market to both these groups differently too, mm-hmm. um, which I think is sometimes challenging 
because we don't always think about that. But this year, I think we have to be intentional about it. Yeah, I agree. Um, and then I think the last thing I thought was, I guess not not super shocking, but it's something that we've been leaning into over the last few years, right? Um, we all know that like our social media accounts, whether it's on Facebook or Instagram and even TikTok, right? When we post as a brand, the reach is is terrible, God. right? Although we have we have our community, which is which is super active. Even that, like, just getting to we have seventy thousand members in there. No one post is reaching everybody, right? Um, we have a hundred thousand followers on Instagram. Not one post is reaching post is reaching everybody. Um, so the effectiveness of getting the messaging out about your sale just through social is completely dead, right? Yeah. Now, obviously, when we do run the sale, you're you're gonna run ads. You're paying for it. You're gonna send out an email. Again, you're only going to send it out to your engaged audiences, um, which sometimes is 20 to 30% of your total list size. And then SMS, right? Which, mm -hmm. again, is going to be very costly, which although has a higher return, to slam that list every couple of days during Black Friday is going to be very expensive, right? So I think the, the one channel which we've been prepping for since we started Avi almost is our uh, push notification audience, right? So through Tapcart, obviously people who've downloaded the app, they they opt into push notifications, and we've we've said this time and time again. Push notifications are so effective because be one, it's mm -hmm. free. So the minute that you have a, a sale ready to go, boom, push notification. Everybody who's downloaded the app knows there's a sale going on, and it it, it didn't cost you anything. Yeah. So I think leaning into that, where you can have multiple messages a day throughout the week with no added cost is huge, right? So um, just that alone, I feel like, although there's so many different value props for just having an app, I think yeah. that alone, if you're listening to this, getting an app up and running in two weeks and then starting to build that audience that you can market and message to the, the day that it comes down to launching the sale, I think will be worth the investment 10 times over. Oh yeah, easily. I can't wait for you to hit those those notifications every every hour <laughs> like, like three hours left <laughs> two hours left. <laughs> so if you're planning your black friday cyber monday sale definitely check out the trends report that tapcart put out just so that you have a little bit of an edge over your comp uh, competition and uh plan accordingly so check that out we'll we'll link it in uh the description or wherever you're listening to this um but yeah definitely check it out so after going through the report kind of looking at the the, the findings um, I know internally we've talked about the strategy being a little bit different, but I think we should go into it a little bit, a little bit more, right? Um, so start date being uh, something that we've been toying around differently this year. Uh, usually we we do the whole month of November, but um, I think after seeing some of these stats, we're we're thinking about it a little bit differently, right? So what are your what are your thoughts on on the start date for running the sale? Yeah, I think um, we've traditionally for Obvi. We've traditionally done a month-long sale from November 1st till um, December 1st. Um, and the, our goal, our, our, our thought process there was people are shopping everywhere. Um, let's give them more time to make a decision around Avi. Um, and that has kind of paid off well for us. But given, again, from the consumer trend reports you read from Trapcard or, or even what we're seeing from others, um, people are coming with tight budgets and they have a smaller time frame they're making that decision with this year so us having an extended or longer sale may actually 
hurt us. So this year, we're actually, for the first time in four years for Obvi, we're opting into running the sale during that Black Friday, Cyber Monday weekend. Um, so basically that Thursday of Thanksgiving on to Tuesday midnight. So um, it'll be like one of those adrenaline rush five days. And we're going to do that across all three brands. So Paw, my, uh, Paw Rangers and Coffee Over Cardio. Um, and I think it's it's something that I think most brands traditionally have been doing. We've always been on the other side, kind of doing these month-long sales. Um, but it just, I think this time of the year, given how consumer behavior is, um, believe having the smaller sale time is going to be um, more functionality for us to be able to just attack everyone and um, uh, hopefully make a, a better conversion rate for us. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious how the numbers will end up uh, when compared to last year, right? Obviously, we have that initial bump last year, like November 1st, but would we have the same, I guess, bump during that shorter time frame? That's what I'm excited to see because then yeah. it kind of answers that question of like, did we even need to do this? Yeah. Right? Run it for the whole month or whatever mm -hmm. it is. So I'm excited to see that. Um, okay, I know you've been talking a little bit more about... Um, offering a little bit more value on some of the gifts that we've been doing, right? In the past, um, Ron, like you mentioned, you know, we've done the shaker cups, the the tote bags, the the frothers, and I don't know if that's going to cut it this year, right? So where where's your mind been at? I know you've had a lot of ideas there, so take yeah. it through that. Yeah, I think uh, traditionally we've always had multiple gifts and, and tiers you could reach, uh, and I think that strategy worked for the time it was. Um, but I think now with, you know, just the way people are shopping or spending a little bit less, having those tiered gifts doesn't really make, uh, doesn't really make sense. Um, it's one of those things where it's like, okay, now maybe you just give that discount and one or two gifts that you can probably get, but your whole black or our black Friday sale, I don't think I want it revolving around that tiers, the, the tiers of the gifts. Um, I think the discount is going to do plenty. I think that's the way you're going to be competitive against everybody else. And again, we're not running it for the whole month. Mm -hmm. So even just purchasing those gifts or those things like that, you don't need to buy all those, you know, in those bulk, bulk orders. Um, we can, we can just do the the discount. And, and I think that's, that's plenty. Yeah. I think, uh, like, like Ron mentioned, there's, there's two sides of this, right? So the acquisition start, uh, the acquisition end and then retention end, right? So at least on acquisition, my my goal is going to be, well, I already have my evergreen offers that are working, right? Um, if you go to like an Avi landing page, we typically uh, thrive off of bundles, right? So so getting six months of, of Avi into somebody's hand um, at a pretty de decent discount, right? Um, that's where our, I guess, break even ROAS on a new customer is the lowest, but it has the highest perceived value. So like, there's a lot of thought process that goes into that. And now to, to make that even better during Black Friday, I don't, I don't think makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, but it's just the way that you position it, right? Yeah. It's, you can literally take the same offer, um, especially for cold top of funnel um, prospecting. These people haven't seen the brand yet. Yeah. They don't know what offer you've been running for the last year. They're coming in and seeing it as a Black Friday yeah. sale. Mm -hmm. So don't discount your main funnel even further when you really don't need to, mm -hmm. right? Then on the retention side, or even like the remarketing to like the, kind of the warmer audiences, have those Black Friday sales or banner ads. Have the 30% the off 
Um, let them go to the homepage. Let them explore. They're a little. They're they're more warm to the brand that they were. You know when they were obviously first cold. But let them explore the website. Let them see the deals. Let them see you know the free gifts that are being offered and run the retargeting. Right. This is probably the only time I would say set up a retargeting campaign. Um, so do that. And then on the retention end, I think we're planning on bringing out a new flavor, right, for one of our top selling products, just so that our customers have um, more than enough reason to to come back and shop with us, right? So that that Black Friday exclusive flavor, um, you know, even if they had maybe other brands on their list, now it's like, oh, if I if I miss this, I truly miss this. Mm-hmm. So making sure that you know discounts or whatever we do give throughout the year, but a new product at that Black Friday price. I think is reason enough. Yeah, I think um, I think the 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 main I think theme that we're following this year is replacing gifts with actual product uh, value, and and even in that product value being exclusive and new is like the highlight theme, um, and I, I think that lays kind of across even uh, the other brands. So like like for 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 Obvi, we we mentioned our collagenic burn powder. Which is a, a a powdered product uh, um, based off of our our pill product. So it's a variant skew, but it comes in its own form uh, form factor. And what we're doing with that, obviously, bringing out a new flavor. But I think the 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 real goal here is is we're creating an offer for our retention base first, right? Um, and I think that's the biggest thing that people forget about Black Friday Cyber Monday. It's like, oh yeah, we're gonna make a ton of money. You, you forget that you're relying on your existing customer base to make a ton of money. Mm-hmm. And um, I think even what we did maybe one year too long was we did these gifts and there were people who were like, I have your shaker cups. Mm. I have your frother. I have this. I'm not excited about it anymore. And so us shifting toward this product mindset of, okay, you really love our products. Well, we're going to give you more product and the accessibility to more product and new products um, I think even with Coffee Over Cardio, which is our coffee brand, um, being able to release a product like Pumpkin Spice, right, which you can only get during this time and you're only going to be able to get it now and people are excited about it. Um, I think those are the type of things that people are trying to corral around. Um, yes, discounts are almost expected. Gifts are a little bit like, all right, sure, why not? And then you have like the whole layer of, a, well, what does it, what really gets you excited? And that's usually what you see in the market now is like creator brands are leading out with new creators coming out with exciting products. And then you have, you know, just better product innovation from brands coming and saying, hey, we've done this completely different and new. Um, And so if you lead out with some of these important things, I I think that's how we're thematically doing. And I I think we challenge all the brands out there watching this, um, try and create the offer for your retention pool, not just overarching, just what's going to get more sales in general because that's where the sales will really start so we have the two other brands right we have power rangers which is our new pet supplement brand and then coffee over cardio which is uh our newly acquired brand uh power rangers we're about to launch soon right so it's we, it's not like we're, we, we can lean into retention mm-hmm. here right um any ideas i mean I, I at least for me the way that i'm i'm looking at black friday for that specific brand is like that Black Friday introductory offer to the brand, right? So can I acquire people, um, acquire as many people as I possibly can just like during this this time frame? Um, but it's also something where I would want to put 
people on a subscription almost right away, mm-hmm. right? Um, and then kind of lean into even the cost cap strategy where I'll only spend if I if I can, right? If I can acquire a customer that too on a subscription, I think it, it feels like a no brainer. Um, but I think setting up that offer, being high value, um, the messaging around it being an introductory offer that's like only during Black Friday, I feel like could be a really solid um, acquisition strategy. But curious what you guys think. Yeah. I mean, Power Rangers, because it's such a new brand, like you said, we're just, we don't have the customer base yet. Um, I think that introductory offer is going to slam. Um, and it's also like, we don't have a lot of product. So um, it's one of those things where you really can't get too, too aggressive with that because you're going to sell out anyway. And then, then you got a whole other problem. Um, How do you balance though? Because I think there is a good amount of audience that we have that are newer brands. Yeah. Like, and this goes back to our initial part of the episode where it's like acquiring people on a discount. Like this is going to be a fresh out of the gate brand. Mm-hmm. Um, that intro offer, if we can go a little bit, and, and I know we haven't dialed in fully on our offer too because we're always A-B testing thoughts um, before we even put something on paper. But like, how do we find the right balance between what is an, a true intro offer? Because if we start giving 30% discounts out of the gate on Paw Rangers, that first 500 or 1,000 customers are now like, oh, this is like, you're going to get this for 30% off, right? Um, versus also not going too low because then they're like, well, I don't need to buy this right now. I need to put my budget somewhere else. Mm. So there's no real clear answer to this, mm. but like, how do you guys think about that? I think from my perspective is if you can maintain break even or profitability on the first order, I have no problem with them being the customers that come in on a discount because you've already made your money, right? Now, if this was last year, and like I said earlier, the, the strategy was like acquire, 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 they'll come back in at some point and that'll be the profit, then sure, like then I would be like, okay, be a little bit wary on the discount. But if if it's possible, you're making a few bucks on the first order and they're in a subscription, like by all means, um, because then the next cohort audience that you end up marketing to in December or January, you're just going to have to see what the, the LTV looks like, right? But I'm not as worried as I would have been you know, this time last year, because we've already made the money on it. So that that's my take on it. Um, I know a lot of people even online are like, watch out for your cohorts, do this, do that. It's like, if I already made my money, I already made my money. If you want to start building an app today for your business, you can get started with two months free with TapCart. Just make sure you mention Chew on this so you do get the two months free. And get started right away. It takes seven to 10 days to get your app up and running and it's fully self-serve from TapCart. In addition to giving value to the consumers, which is number one, what we wanted to do, logistically, the app converts a lot better, right? There's one click checkout. All of our, you know, buy now, pay laters are compatible, integrate with them. Our subscription platform integrates with them. Uh, for loyalty, we use reviews.io and everything is able to be managed from within the app. So like I said, it's, it's one place to give value, but two, if you're making a purchase, it's the easiest place to do it. If you want to get started today building an app, you can get up to two months free with TapCart. Remember, they take care of the entire build out so you don't have to. Get started today building an app for your brand. Now, let's get back to the episode. Profiting on the first order and a subscription, sold them the dream. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to try. We're going to win that. Amazing. That would be amazing. Yeah, at that point, screw anything else. I'm coming at 50% off. Um, 
No, that's 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 a good point. Um, I think that's actually a, a very realistic mindset because sometimes we're also like, I think as challenges have come up in in brand building and as BFCM approaches too, I think people are starting to like overcomplicate looking at their numbers. And I think that's another piece that would be good to touch on is just like how numbers are correlating to like what we're doing in terms of like content output, even like your 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 the marketing strategy on performance. Like at the end of the day, if what you want to be is profitable, or if you want to be grow at any grow at any cost, those are two totally different strategies, mm-hmm. right? So like, I think we never really did this during Black Friday, which was like, what strategy are we leading out with? And I think usually it was just defaulted to grow at any cost. I think this year it's like, hey, we're still going to need to be profitable on the first order. That's what matters. And so does that mean like you get to loosen up a little bit on like content and, and your strategy there or like on the performance and are you going to lead out with a different strategy across the different brands? Yeah. So I, I think in terms of the marketing or paid strategy that I have been doing for the last few months, which is the cost cap strategy, um, which by the way, I mean, like I put it on Twitter and like uh, people liked it. Like I There's actually, no hate. I thought I was going to get some, totally get some like, fire. <laughs> but I think, I think it made sense, right? Like, you know, again, we're nationwide at Walmart. We have a, a community of over 70,000 members. Um, we have a content machine in-house, right? So we can constantly put out um, creators, whatever we need to. I think I'm, I think going into Black Friday with it being probably competitive in terms of CPMs and things like that, I'm going to need more, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where this whole cost cap strategy is. You set up a campaign, you put in your new ads. If it spends, great. If it doesn't, well, on to the next one, right? So now if if it gets to the point where I've put up nine campaigns and nothing spends, mm-hmm. I need that one more to just be like, all right, well, pray it does, right? So if I can if I can, you know, have the ammo to unload during that time frame, I think pumping those numbers up yep. is gonna be is gonna be crucial. Um and this is our this is our first year at Walmart, like in a mass retail chain yeah. on a black and Walmart on Black Friday is, is crazy. Yeah. So how you know I'm sure people are, will go to their site and buy yeah. from them as well. So that might affect strategy as well. Yeah, that's the other thing too, right? It's like everything you do, there's a halo effect, right? So if if we're running ads for our products and and people would rather shop in stores during the Black Friday sales, which I mean I'm I'm one of those people, right? Like yeah. I love going to like the best buy and seeing what tech is, you know, on sale or whatever it is. Um, you know, a lot of people like to go to the Walmarts and, you know, pick up that massive TV, right? So if, and even yesterday we were just at the Walmart just trying to film content and the amount of people that are going in and out of the vitamin aisle is, I never, I've never seen anybody go in there. Yeah. (laughs) It's a hot set. It's like a club. Yeah, <laughs> charging for admission. It was so, actually crazy. Yeah, so I think I think it's one of those things where it's like, if you're in retail, run the ads. You know, if you're driving revenue on on the website, great. If you're not spending as much, or you're not hitting top line. Like, just know that there is that halo effect, right? Whether it's on in retail or Amazon, whatever it is. Um, so don't forget to to price that in when you're when you're looking at the numbers. I'd like to also just get one more thought on around like. Just landing pages, like we touched a little bit on creative and stuff like that. But I feel like even how you're maybe going to have to tailor landing pages and your creation around that, 
being that we're talking about so much about intentionality and like being extremely open about what we're doing and why it's the best time to buy and why our product is the best, I feel like you're gonna probably gonna have to have a different strategy with your creation. Are you planning to create different pages or maybe craft certain sections to have um, the call out of it? Or how are you gonna kind of think about um, that piece? Yeah, so like Ash said, he's gonna keep running that evergreen content and you know, the landing pages that work, they work for a reason. Um, you know, let's not reinvent the wheel here, but I think definitely, definitely doll up your pages to make sure your consumer knows that there's a sale going on. Whether that be you go and take your same landing page layout and create a dark theme. <laughs> and now that's that's enough to know like what the hell's going on here? Uh, there's something going on. You know, this has got to look like Macy's. <laughs> um, again, you you have to be, don't get so clever where your consumer doesn't know it's a sale. You have to be a little bit off brand. You have to be a little bit off brand with your visuals, your messaging. And that's okay for this time of the year because, you know, you got to make money on performance. Uh, the brand people are going to come after me. This is going to get, I'm going to get canceled. <laughs> but, <laughs> But um, it's true, and it, you don't have to go A to Z, but be a little bit looser, you know. Um, it is Black Friday. You're competing with a lot of people who are doing a lot of A to Z stuff. Um, and listen, there's no honor among thieves. We're all doing it. So so let's, uh, let's be intentional about it, and, um, you know, whatever's working is working, but make sure people know it's a sale. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're a commodity, right? At the end of the day, it's like everybody's going to go after – apparel gifts tech whatever it is mm -hmm. um i think we just have to make it fun right like that was the whole premise of obvious making supplements fun again we want to be on that on that that grocery list right so changing out the home page banner mm -hmm. um the announcement bars some yeah. of the collection pages, pages yeah product images and making those things uh feel fun and making mm -hmm. buying supplements fun so yeah at least that appeals uh, applies to us right um so I think it'll be good um, to go into some of the more non-sexy stuff about BFCM, which is covering your ops and finance track. Um, <laughs> is this where you're going to leave? <laughs> um, please stay tuned in for another five minutes because I promise you we can cover some good things. Um, but we'll jump right in on 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 the finance end. First, uh, first thing is um, we spent a lot of money last few years on these gifts and free items and stuff like that. Um, and I think what we're doing is not that we're spending less money this year, but we're spending money on products that we can use throughout the year. Uh, when you have gifts, they typically cannot be retained amongst, right? Unless it's broken or something like that. Um, and so they're a one-time offer, right? And we learned like when we're stocked up with one-time offers or one-time gifts, um, we, we see ourselves slinging it for random things. And honestly, it, it messes up your margins and your contribution margin uh, calculation because you're like, well, now I got to factor in this $3 shaker cup, right? Um, and so this year, um, what we're doing fundamentally is, is putting all of our money into products that are, again, either exclusive launches or if we're going to give them for free after you spend a certain amount, going to be product this way if we can't use that product up during black friday cyber monday we can still figure out marketing it or selling it or wholesaling it um post black friday cyber monday so financially um we're taking 
a lot of the money that we used to spend on getting the sale um, to be this kind of freebie plus, you know, get this gift, this and that into a much more like here it is and revolved around products that are going to improve uh, your lifestyle, which is really truly our mission. Our mission is not here, take collagen in the shaker cup because it's easier to take. Um, so we're, we're, we're revolving more around our health mission and focusing on bringing out products that people um, want to find and get, but also can't get it all the time. Um, so I think financially, we're still using a lot of the tools that we've been talking about. Um, Parker credit card on our um, net 90 day terms there. So we break it up 30, 60, 90. Um, we're using Melio for our um, uh, payment solution, which is um, anytime we're paying a wire, we are going to pay through Melio. Um, plastic did shut down. Um, so we are using Melio exclusively now. Uh, they charge a fee. So anywhere you want to send a wire, uh, they'll charge you a fee by, by charging your credit card of choice. But if you use the right credit card, which again, we use Parker, you can extend payment terms up to 90 days. Um, there's another solution too. We use RampFlex. RampFlex gives you up to 120 days, basically like a moving lever to pick between uh, how many days you want and you pay a certain fee based on that. Um, and then lastly, um, shout out to Hampla. Um, they've been they've been an incredible partner uh, with uh, us having a revolving credit line. And it's not one of those that you see from like Shopify Capital or some of these other capital partners, which take a daily percentage of your sales and then just keep that money. Um, what Ampla does is it's, it's really, really, really creative. So basically, they'll take a percentage of your sales for a credit line. Okay, so let's say you have a million dollar credit line, and you draw down and um, and you say, hey, I need a half a million of it. Okay, cool. They'll give you half a million dollars within 12 hours into your bank account. Now, what they say is, um, we'll take 30% of your sales. Like, okay, cool, no problem. Uh, and the reason we say, okay, cool, no problem, because usually those things are toxic. So stay away from those type of capital partners. But the reason we say it's okay, no problem, is Ampla has what's called a drawdown line. So if you do, let's say, $10,000 in sales a day, Ampla will take 30%, which is $3,000, okay? They'll take that money and they'll put it right back into your credit line, okay? So the next day, you can draw back down on your line. So technically, the money they're taking away from you they're putting it back to the available credit line, right? So it's almost like, imagine you have a credit card that has a limit, okay? But every time you pay off the credit card a little bit, they open up the limit more for you, right? And you can basically keep spending and, and, and draw that money back again and again. So even though they're taking a daily percentage of sales, I can literally draw back that $3,000 tomorrow. So it's basically like, and you just keep doing that every day. Um, and then, of course, at some point, you have to pay it back, right? The whole reason you take a loan is that so it becomes your money. Um, you find your ways to pay it back, but um, an incredible program there. So that's what we're working on the finance end. And then I think um, I'll shift to kind of like just operational excellence that we're working on is, um, and I'd, I'd love to get your guys' thoughts from from the, the perspective of your teams and, and, and how you guys are dialing in. But I think one thing we've become pretty rigid on is... Um, team management, team structure. Um, we've moved towards an all-hands meeting every Monday, um, which is grueling because it's an hour, hour and a half long. Um, but we've separated across the company. So Abvi, Chuandis, uh, sorry, Abvi, Coffee Over Cardio, and Power Rangers. Um, 
And um, I think what happens here is is we've turned this into more of a delegation meeting. All hands usually kind of turns into one person just kind of talking about what's going on. What we've done is more of, of one person talking about something, but delegating the work that needs to be done. Um, we have everyone's become a little CEO of their own department. And um, we come back and say, hey, this is what needed to be done. If it's not, why? What happened? What's the bottleneck? What's what's going on? And then we figure out what's the next step. If something was done, we assess how well was it done and we figure out what to do next. So um, I think it'd be good to kind of maybe touch on a little bit more about like that all hands piece, because I think it's the first time all of us have been collaborative and feeling like own owning our parts and then also kind of sometimes showing off being like, hey, check this out or this is what I've done. Um, but uh, the ops piece would be cool to touch on from your perspective. Yeah, I think I think for my team, it's it's really cool to just have these goals set in this meeting and then be like, OK, boom, you're handling this. Boom, you're handling that and so on. Right. Um, obviously, we have like the one on ones on the side, but those are just like the catch up meetings and, you know, progress reports. But I think having everybody on the same page also allows everybody within the team to understand what everybody else is working on. Yeah. Right. So if if somebody needs somebody, um, they'll know who to tap into yeah. or if they can tap into that person. Right. So I think for me, that's been a weight off of my shoulders because it's it's forcing me to also delegate as well. Right. I think since starting the brand like four years ago, us three had to do everything ourselves, right? And moving away from that, um, and it depends on the person, but I, it can be difficult, right? I, it's Sometimes like I like to main control, right? Like I need things done a certain way, um, but it's it's a learning experience to be like, okay, you know what? Like you, in my head, I'm like, all right, who can handle this, right? And then assign it to the person and let them figure it out, right? If If they come back and it's, and it's 90% there, great. If it's 40% there, that's when you work on it. And that's when you kind of be the leader that you should be and teach them how to get to that 90, 90% mark, right? So that I think is is good for the overall team. But I think personal development is, I think has been really um, good to see for myself. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, I think for a long time, nobody really knew what any of the other departments were doing. Everybody was kind of just focused on, okay, I'm going to do creative, you're yep. doing marketing, you're doing ops and finance, and and nobody really gave a fuck <laughs> because we didn't know what anybody else was doing. Um, and it's really, really cool to see. Um, it's almost like a big PowerPoint presentation. Everybody's kind of going through what they're working on, and um, it's really cool to see what everybody's doing. And you also get a sense of the bandwidth of each person. So sometimes you you don't want to tap into people because you think they're super busy well but they might not be um it's cool to see you know somebody really take something and thrive with it um for a long time you know we've always had a really small team so we kind of knew um you know what everybody's capabilities were and and what you could assign to them now we have a kind of a larger team it's still a small team you know subjectively but <laughs> But a uh, larger team than like we've had. <laughs> but it's just a lot for us. <laughs> um, but, you know, we have some new hires that are just killing it from day one. And, and that's that's the coolest thing to see, especially also on the customer service end. And I don't know if we touched on this, but customer service on Black Friday is one of those things where if you don't prepare them, they are your first line of defense. And if that wall is broken, you're not going to make it. <laughs> 
Um, Good point. You, the fact that we're having these meetings now and they are in like they are like so in tune with everything that's going on, it helps them do their job a lot better. It helps us communicate what they need to say to the consumer if this, this, or this problem comes up. Um, so yeah, those all hands meetings have been, uh, you know, just amazing. It, it seems obvious though. Like it seems obvious that everybody should be just like yeah. looped into everything. But it's when we have these conversations at 2 a.m. On, yeah. a, on a Wednesday night about, oh, wait, we should try this. We should try this. And then the next day we get to the office and we're just working on it. But the rest of the team has <laughs> no idea what we're doing or what we changed. Right. It's so bad. And like, I don't, I, I don't know if that's just us, but again, it's, it's, you know, first time founders, it's, it's, it's one of those things that you have to learn. So putting in this meeting, uh, allows us to make sure that whatever we come up with on these, you know, odd hours or over the weekend, whatever it is, that the team knows exactly what's happening so that they can act accordingly. So that's well said. Yeah, very true. All right. I think let's get into maybe some choose, right? Um, okay. Go first. What's one thing you want the, the viewers or listeners to take away and implement for their Black Friday sale coming up? If you're a brand person on this Black Friday team, Stay the fuck out of the way. <laughs> be clever. Don't be too clever. Be intentional. But at the end of the day, things are going to get a little off brand, and that's okay. This is a performance weekend. Chew on that. If I had um, just one thing to say is um, when it comes down to your team structure and how you're communicating, um delegating and letting people fail is sounds so counterintuitive than just doing it yourself but what people learn from failure is actually not just what they learn it's also what you learn on how you're delegating because if you can't master the art of delegating then you can't do more and i think the only way we're able to do more um is because like a lot of times we get a question about, sorry, it's going longer than a chew, but we get a lot of questions about like, how did you guys acquire this company? How are you starting this, running chew on this? And it's because we're able to slowly start to say, hey, this person's managing this and we have to trust. So I think the one thing I'll say um, is your trust levels, this Black Friday, Cyber Monday, this Q4 into Q1 uh, need to be at an all time high. So utilize, whether it's freelancers, resources, agencies, whatever it is, trust them to do what you're asking them to do. Delegate, delegate whatever you need to do to them. Let them fail if they need to. You learn how to delegate better and make them better. And uh, hopefully things can only go up from there, from that learning. So chew on that. Nice. I think on the on the paid side, um, knowing what I know from the, the Tapcart trend report, um, that Black Friday shoppers are expecting to see ads and then they get excited about it. I think when I do start thinking about, I mean, we're already thinking about it, but when we do start kind of pumping out creative, whether that's static ads, uh, UGC, uh, customer testimonials, whatever it is, having almost two sets, right? So having stuff that can be run as evergreen, but having a set that is Black Friday focused. So I want to I wanna load up the ad account with diversity, so when you are planning out what content you need, make sure you're being as diverse as possible for that weekend, um, just so you can hit the the right person at the right time with the right creative. So, chew on that.
If you want more from us, follow us on Twitter, follow us on Instagram, follow us on TikTok, and check out the website, chewonthis.io. 